For better or worse, we never outgrow the influence of our parents. Listen now as Dr. Brown walks us through three ways that we can honor our father and mother. This is Hearing is Believing. Well, let's go back to the book of Exodus this morning. Hopefully you have your Bible. I've got a little ribbon marker in mind. Just takes me right there. Join me in Exodus chapter 20, and we'll focus our attention today on just one verse, one verse that contains the fifth word, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Speaking of words, we're used in our society to hearing two words on repeat over and over again, two words on repeat in our society. The words are equality and choice, equality and choice. We hear those words over and over. And listen, those words are the twin pillars of the myth of autonomy. Those two words are the twin pillars of the myth of autonomy. Christian confession, we're fine with both of those words. We don't have any problem with, with uh, equality and choice. As long as we, in Christian confession, root those two words in creation. But those two words have been twisted and been perverted, all since humanity disregarded the Word of God and instead substituted our own Word with His Word. But there is a different Word that we're going to be confronted with this morning. And the Word that we're confronted with this morning, are you listening? The Word is honor. Honor. Now that word honor means dependence. When you honor someone, you turn yourself over to them. You turn over your self-prescribed rights to realities that you didn't create and realities that you didn't choose when you say honor. And so here comes God in His goodness with His Word. He, he is unleashing upon our society that is uh, steeped in self-awareness this transcendent principle from, from Himself, and it's a principle intended to, to bring to bear His ways upon all of our ways. And the word this morning that we're going to consider is honor. So let's hear the Word of God this morning. Let's hear the fifth word, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, the Word of the Lord. Now, I didn't arrange these circumstances. I wish that I was smart enough to say, hey, on Father's Day, we're going to be right there on the fifth word, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. But look, again, in the providence of God, we're here together on this day filled with so many emotions for so many people. And the word that our Lord has us to consider today is honor your father and mother. The reason the fifth word is so confrontational is due to that first word in the word, honor, honor. Now, we could go this morning and we could talk about a thousand stories in our society about a self-made man or a self-made man and a self-made woman. We enjoy hearing stories of people overcoming adversity to beating the odds to making it. 
But how many of those stories that we hear repeated in our society stop for one instance and admit the reality that but by the grace of God go I? Our society celebrates the phoenix, the mythical firebird, that bird who's born out of the ashes. Every man, every man, as Peter Lightheart says, is an atom, not A-T-O-N, but A-D-A-M, an atom who has molded himself from the dust, embarrassed by the belly button that bespeaks dependence. Every man is an atom who has molded himself from the dust, embarrassed by the belly button that bespeaks dependence. Now, I want you to do this this morning. Take your hand, put it on your chest, go down, find your belly button. You find that thing there? You have one. I do too. I remember Adelie one day asking me if her mommy had a belly button, and she asked that because I told her that she got her belly button from mommy, and she wanted to know if, well, mommy has a belly button. And so I said, well, of course she does. And then she asked me the next question, well, where did she get hers from? Well, she got hers from her mama. And the story repeats over and over again. And I guess the only ones that didn't have a belly button were Adam and Eve, because they were fashioned by the hand of God outside the womb. So all of us we can look at our belly button. Now, don't look at your belly button this morning, but all of us can look at our belly button, and we have to ask the question. And the question is, how did that get there? And the answer, you got it from your mama and your daddy, but mostly from your mama, right? Look at the text. It says, honor your father and your mother. And this word, it applies to each of us as long as we're children of our father and mother. Usually we think about this command with just little children, but this command here that God has is beyond that. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land. There's a longevity here that this word is calling our attention to. And the longevity is for as long as you have a father and a mother. I want you to look here at this whole of the ten words. Look at this. I'm going to point this out to you again because I really want you to see this. Look at the ten words. We have eight nots or don'ts and two words that are spoken in the affirmative. Eight words that tell us what to do by telling us what not to do. And then two words that tell us what to do by simply telling us what we should do. And these two words, we looked at the last one last week, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And now this one, honor your father and mother. This is, the, this is the heart of the list of the Ten Commandments. And if we understand this, especially as it relates to the eight other ones that say no and don't, then it tells us what the Ten Commandments are all about. These words, listen, are forming or conforming us into the image that resembles God. That's what these words are doing. They're like chisels, chiseling away, forming us into an image that resembles God. Peter Lightheart again, let me read what he says. He says, these two words at the heart of the ten words reveal what's left when idolatry, hypocrisy, violence, infidelity, theft, and lies have all been chiseled away. And then what's left 
Well, Lightheart says, rest, joy, and harmony among generations. Rest, joy, and harmony among generations. And so here we are, again, with this word, honor, and we're confronted again with our individuality, with this fifth word. And this word is calling us to honor, and as it does, it confronts our worship of ourselves. It confronts our individuality. So God, this morning, as He's been doing these weeks, as He always does with His Word, He is chiseling us this morning. He is shaping our hearts. He is forming the hidden features of our inward selves, renewing us as He fashions us into His image of His creation. And you and I this morning, we're glad to be on that receiving end of His sculpting. We want to be fashioned. If there's one person that we want to fashion us, that we should trust to fashion us, it's God. Even though at times it's painful. We delight in His forming because we trust Him. We realize that He is our Creator. And as our Creator, He is the only one qualified to fashion us according to His likeness. I remember a uh, commercial from AT&T. Some of you remember this. It's probably one of my favorite commercials on TV, besides that Geico one where the guy is uh, he's out uh, making lines and pretending like he's riding a motorcycle. And, Gary, what did you do? I like that one. But anyway, not that one. It's this other one. This, this patient is laying in the bed, and he's facing surgery. The nurse is getting ready, and, uh, and the wife asks the nurse, have you worked with Dr. Francis? Yeah, she says. And then she says, he's Okay. And then the patient says, just okay? And the patient asks with a worried look on his face, and about that time, Dr. Francis enters the hallway, and he says, guess who just got reinstated? And then he comes in the room, and he says, well, not officially. And then Dr. Francis, he looks at the patient with his hands in his pockets, and he says, nervous? And the patient looks up and says, yeah. And then Dr. Francis says, yeah, me too. And then the doctor exits, and he throws his hand in the air. He says, oh, we'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. And then the announcer interrupts the scene and says, just okay is not okay. All of us agree that just okay is not okay. And here's where the confrontation hits us this morning, especially as we consider the Word of God. You can either fashion your heart with the world's broken ways, or you can let the God of the universe the creator of all things, come to you personally and with loving affection and utmost care, take your life, remove what doesn't belong, and replace it with all this good. Let me see if I can illustrate this another way. In 1930, a man by the name of Elias Garcia Martinez, he painted a fresco painting of Christ crowned with thorns in the sanctuary of Mercy Church in Borja, Spain. Now, the title of this, let me show it to you. The title of this is Eche Omo, Behold the Man. As you can look at that picture, you can see that it needs some restoration, especially considering it's painted in the 1930s, and it really is deteriorating. And so, uh, they commissioned an expert to come in and restore the work. 
And the restoration was labeled an attempt. Let me show you the restoration. Now, I don't know about you, but that really doesn't look like the restoration. That doesn't really look like the original. And that restoration became known as an attempt. And as you can agree with me, the piece became almost unrecognizable, so much so that they changed the name from Behold the Man to Behold the Monkey. Has nothing to do with the original. And here's what I want to tell you this morning. Our God desires to make a masterpiece of your life. You this morning were made to walk with Him, made in His image, made to delight in Him, made to love Him. This image in our life has been marred, but it's not been erased. It's been scarred, but it's not been defaced. And He can restore you. He can renew you. And the way that He does both things, listen, the way that He does both things is through redemption. And so these ten words are words that He uses to form us into His image. And so He holds the perfect law of liberty before us as His standard. And this, listen, this is not only what He calls This is not only what He calls for, but these laws are who He intends us to be. And He has dedicated Himself to forming us into this image. So here we are this morning. We're at the heart of the ten words, and the word before us this morning is the word honor. And that's the same word where we get our word glory. And the placement of this word is significant. Look at this. Look again at the list. Four words come before. And the four words that come before this fifth word are all concerning our our relationship with God. These are upward words. No gods before me. No graven images. Don't take the name in vain. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And then after that, we transition. We have the fifth word. And then after the fifth word, you know what comes next. The sixth word, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. And we transition from the vertical upward to the horizontal, the outward. So upward words come first. Don't miss that. If you can't get the upward right, upward words right, then you can forget about everything that comes afterwards. But notice, notice the outward words. Look at the text. No murder, no adultery no stealing, no lying, no coveting. And then the fifth word, look at it in your Bibles. Honor your father and your mother. So that fifth word is a bridge. It's a bridge between the two horizons, between the vertical horizon and the horizontal horizon. And it has to do with the home. It has to do with our close relationships at home. The home becomes the testing grounds for all our behavior in life. The home becomes the testing ground for all of our ethics. Our relationship as children to our parents shapes every other relationship that we'll ever have. As Augustine said, listen, if anyone fails to honor his parents, 
is there anyone he will spare? Let me read that again. If anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? All of us want to grow up, especially uh, the youngest ones here. Those of you who are youngest, you can't wait. Perhaps my little girl, she's be 10 this year. She's already talking about, a, you know, driving. And I'm like, what? Come on, I'm not ready to even think about those things yet. But all of us want to grow up. My Ezra, he is four years old, and he doesn't want to grow up. And listen, uh, that's cute now, but we're tracking it, all right? If, if he doesn't want to grow up when he's 25, then, we're, you know, we know that we've got a problem. It's cute now, but we want to watch it. All of us want to grow up. But let me tell you something. You may want to grow up this morning, but you will never outgrow the influence of your mama and daddy. You never will. Some of you have been running to get out of their influence your whole life, but you end up looking more and more like them the more you run from them. And I realize this. For better or worse, our parents shape who we are. And I realize that parents come in all shapes and sizes. You've got adoptive parents, grandparents, single parents, parent figures. My point is not to get too deep into this, but I want you to just look at the fifth word, which is the hinge point of the commandments. And notice that the hinge point of the commandments swing at the home. It assumes, the fifth word assumes a father and a mother. It's no wonder there's so much pressure on families these days. No wonder. It's like the enemy has has put his locking missiles towards the family. Because the family is the place where you and I get to exercise honor. It's the place we get to recognize we are not an end to ourselves, the place that we realize first that there's someone above us, that we get to serve a grander purpose. And look at this. Don't miss the wisdom here. God's design for the stability of society is families who are shaped by the Word, honor, hold in high regard, give glory to, recognize their position over us. So some of you this morning, you need to ask yourself a question. Why is it that you want to be out of the influence of your parents? What is that? And all of us have faced that. I remember I told my mother that at 18 I was leaving, and I did. I left. And it's not necessarily because I wanted to outgrow the influence so much as I was, I was ready to, to move on. But why is it that we want to be out of the influence of our parents. We can't wait to leave the house and all of these other things. No matter the reason, if we're pushing it far, if we want to be out of the influence of our parents, if we have a, a, not a spirit of honor, but a spirit of dishonor, if we have a spirit of disregard, then the root of it all is sin. Sin is at the root. Maybe you can't wait to leave a bad situation. Sin is what caused the bad situation. Maybe your leaving is sinning. Sin erodes honor and turns honor into dishonor and dishonor into shame. 
Now, the Bible didn't say that your parents are perfect. Thank God that me, as a father, I can rest upon this fact that the Bible doesn't call me to be perfect, although it says be perfect as your father is perfect. Our parents aren't perfect. You and I aren't perfect either. But here's what the Bible says. Honor your father and mother. So this morning, I hope you're ready to take some notes. This morning, what does honoring parents mean? What does honoring father and mother mean? And so I want you to write these three things down of what I think is just a distilled version of what it means to honor your father and mother. Number one, write this down. Recognize their position. If you honor your father and mother, number one, you will live with a recognition of their position. Having a heart to honor your parents means that you remember that you have a belly button. (laughs) You came from someone who came from someone. And all of us are made in the image of God. There is no reason this morning for you to feel the pressure of being a self-made man or a self-made woman. That's rubbish. It doesn't exist. And there's also no reason for you to feel the isolation of individualism. You have a belly button. You're molded and fashioned. You're created to have a relationship with God. And our parents, just because of who they are, they teach us. Just because of who they are, they teach us that we depend upon someone. My daddy used to say to me, son, I brought you into this world. You can finish the rest, right? And then he would also say to me, does the thing created ask the creator? And I'd say, daddy, you're not my creator. But anyway, the point was still found. Just because of who they are, it means that I came from somewhere. I can let go of my autonomous self. Dependency is at the heart of worship. Now listen, dependency doesn't mean codependency. We've got some psychologists in the room who would say, yes, you're right. Dependency doesn't mean codependency. Codependency is unhealthy. Codependency is unhealthy. Codependency keeps the belly button, uh, keeps the umbilical cord, all right? You don't have to be codependent. Dependency cuts the cord but leaves the mark of attachment. So first, recognize their position. They're your parents. Number two, remember who called you to honor. Remember who called you to honor. You see, God is the one who called you to honor. And God knows that if you can't honor your parents, then you'll struggle, struggle to honor Him. If you can't honor your parents, then you'll struggle to honor Him. And the reason why this is so is because God has called us into relationship with Himself. These words here from Mount Sinai are words from a father to his son. Israel was called to be the son of God. We don't honor our parents simply to honor our parents. We Listen, we honor our parents so that we can honor God. To put it in terms that all of us who are children of somebody understand, we honor God simply because He said so. (laughs) 
How many times has your mom or dad said that to you? Well, daddy, this, will you just do it because I said so? <laughs> this is what God tells us. Honor. Because he said so. And we learn to honor God. We learn to give glory to God by honoring our parents, by giving them glory. Now, what would give your parents the most honor? What on earth could you do that would give your mom, that would give your dad the most honor? And if you're a parent here this morning, what is it that you would seek from your children? I remember this verse. Mom had this verse. It was, it was right in the middle of all of our family portraits. You know, there was me as a baby, cute. There was my brother as a baby, not as cute, but anyway, he was there. And then you had mom and dad and the family portrait of all of us, and right in between was this verse from John. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. When we remember who calls us to honor, we have what it means to honor. Now, honoring your parents doesn't mean that you follow their pattern of sin. That's not what it means to honor. Honoring parents, listen, means walking in truth. Because when you walk in truth, you honor God. And God has given us His truth. God has given us truth through His Word. Truth is at the core of honor, and truth is what passes from generation to generation. Let me show you this verse, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is, uh, by the way, what the whole book of Proverbs is patterned after. The whole book of Proverbs is an illustration of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Listen to what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And listen to this next phrase. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently. To who? Your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates, and children will teach their children and children's children to the, to the generations forever. The parents have the responsibility, according to the Scripture, to teach truth and children the responsibility to honor. So finally this morning, what does it mean to honor parents? Number three, and this is probably my favorite. Number three, keep the destination in mind. Oh, we're in this for the long road. The fifth word, look at it. There's a certain absoluteness about it. I love the Word of God. It's it's just absolute. Look at what it says. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land. The Lord your God, now here's the absolute, is giving you. Is giving you. 
There's a possession that the people of God have yet to acquire. God is preparing His people to enter the promised land. And as He gives, as He prepares them, He gives them these ten words before they go and build a society, before they cultivate, before they subdue. They're told to honor their father and their mother. And the commandment, this commandment, is how God shapes society. And the assurance of God's ways is the way, the assurance, listen, the assurance of God's ways is the way that we shepherd the hearts of our children. I will shepherd the hearts of my children all my life and all of their lives. And in reality, in some ways, I will be shepherding the hearts of my children long after I'm gone, and so will you. The legacy that you leave behind for your children. And we're told to shepherd our children towards what endures. And listen, what endures is what God gives us. His gifts are everlasting. You think about giving your child something. You think about giving your dad something for Father's Day. Give them something that will last forever. Give them something that will endure long after they're gone. And what is it that will endure long after they're gone? Truth. Truth. May my children be able to say of me, my daddy stood for truth. My daddy loved Jesus. My daddy loved my mama. My daddy loved me. There's a land that God's giving us. Don't miss this. There's a land that God is preparing us for. And listen, it's, it's, it's not a garden. It's a city. And it's a city that's filled with worshipers who are children of God. Remember what Jesus said in John 14, one of my grandmother's favorite verses, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. God's preparing a place right now. It says in verse 12, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. John says that Jesus is preparing a place for us, even right now. There's a place that God is giving us. And then Jesus says, so you know the way to where I'm going. And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And don't miss this. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And don't miss this word here. No one comes to who? The Father, except through me. You see, this new land that Jesus is preparing for us, this new land is going to be a land that's filled full of prodigals. Sons and daughters who strayed, who didn't honor, who went the other way. But this new land is going to be filled with prodigals who are now sons and daughters. We were straying, but we've now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. And the pathway to return, listen, is a pathway called redemption. You won't fulfill the fifth commandment unless you have a heart 
that's been first formed by the first four words. We who were far have been brought near. You and I didn't honor our father and mother. You and I didn't honor our father who is in heaven, but our shepherd, the Son of God, came so that by believing in him, by turning from ourselves to turn to him, we could not only be called sons and daughters, but join heirs with him. And he could adopt us into his family so that we could cry to him and call him Abba, Daddy. You see, now through the Son, through Jesus, the Father is pleased to call you his very own. And what's true of Jesus by faith is true of me, and I hope that it's true of you. You see, Jesus, when he was here, he said, I always please my Father. The Father says of the Son, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. And because of Jesus, all because of Jesus, through the cross, through redemption, that's the way the Father sees you. You may be here this morning and you're not sure if your daddy ever loved you. You have a Father in heaven who loves you. You may be here this morning and as a father you say, you know, I've not really lived the proper life to my children. Here's how you can make the reversal. You can point your children to Jesus by yourself, coming to Him, trusting Him, having faith in Him. And if you believe in Him, turn from your sins and turn towards Him, He will lovingly place His affection upon you, and the Father will call you a beloved son a beloved daughter. Would you pray with me this morning? Help us, God, we pray, to fulfill this word, to honor our father and mother. And may we have before us this Jesus, who is the perfect son. May we place all of our faith, all of our shortcomings, all of our desires, all of our good, all to Jesus and say because of Jesus the Father can say of me he is well pleased oh I pray for every heart here on this Father's Day as we consider the fifth word that they would realize that there is a Father who's waiting for them call to them May they call to you.
save them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Dr. Andy Brown, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Startville in Startville, Mississippi. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to follow Hearing is Believing on Facebook and rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us at hearingisbelieving.org.